You're listening to episode 29 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Manifesting is a term we've discussed a lot on this podcast, but we haven't had an episode dedicated to it specifically. This week, you'll meet Liz Smith. Liz is known as the Millennial Manifester. Liz is a writer and creator of the Wellbeing Wednesdays blog, as well as the Millennial Manifester YouTube channel. Before we meet Liz, it's time for the review of the week. If you reviewed the podcast last month, you were entered to win a copy of my book, Mind Love, Bite-Sized Thought Nuggets to Fuel Your Life. If you follow me on Instagram, at MindBizLife, you know the winner was Sappy Family. I've already gotten in touch with the reviewer and sent off their book. And because the reviewer won last month's prize, I only find it appropriate to highlight them as this week's review of the week. Coming in hot from Sappy Family, the review reads... Always looking forward to Wednesday morning so I can catch the latest podcast. Each episode somehow tops the one before. The guests are super relatable and Lauren's voice and questions flow so nicely, making it easy to listen to. Thank you so much for a kind review. I've been loving all the reviews I read. It's really hard to choose one every week. If you want your review featured on the podcast, Simply leave one on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Podbean, and I'll choose from that mix. If you leave it on a different platform like Google Play Music or Stitcher, just screenshot and send it it to me, and I'll add it to the website as well as our social channels, and I'll add it into the mix of Review of the Week. Okay, are you ready to meet Liz, the Millennial Manifester? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. This week's guest is Liz Smith, the Millennial Manifester. And no, not to my knowledge, Liz and I don't have any relation. But Liz is a writer and the creator of the Wellbeing Wednesday blog, as well as the Millennial Manifestor YouTube channel. She asks a question on her website that really makes you think. That question is, what if you have more power than you ever realized? Hmm, it's pretty deep, right? Well, let's go ahead and start this convo because I have some questions. Liz, thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this because we have discussed manifesting a lot on this podcast, but we've never had a podcast directly on the topic. So before we really dive into the world of manifesting, will you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? What's your background? And maybe share a little bit about the journey that has brought you to starting the Millennial Manifester. Sure. So my name's Liz. As you just said, I run Millennial Manifesto. So that means writing daily inspiration for my Instagram followers at millennial.manifesto. And I also do a weekly blog on all things mind, body and spirit. Um, so how and when did I start Millennial Manifesto? Well, to be honest, if you'd have told me five years ago that this is what I would be doing right now in 2019, I would have laughed my head off <laughs> and thought you were a crazy person because I didn't even know what manifesting was at the time. Um, I hadn't watched The Secret and that was how I kind of started this journey into manifesting law of attraction. 
I was always a really spiritual kid. I was really into fairies. And I remember doing little spells when I was like eight years old. And I was into all of that. I really lost my way big time when I was growing up. And I actually went into investment banking. I made big money. I was ticking off all the boxes of what I should do. Um, But actually, I was just ticking everyone else's boxes. And I left one really big box untipped. And that was the box inside me that my soul was in. And I was way too busy doing what I should do instead of what I really wanted to do. So at that point, that was when my quote unquote spiritual awakening or remembering started to happen. This was about, how long ago was this? This is probably about six years ago now. Okay. Um, so I actually started on the journey at the very beginning because I had generalized anxiety disorder because I was so out of alignment Mm. and it kind of manifested in anxiety. So I started on this journey of trying to heal myself, which started with traditional Western medicine, which couldn't help me. So then I had to go into alternative therapies, Reiki healing, um, hypnotherapy, acupuncture, that kind of thing. And I just started getting obsessed with all these alternative therapies and these different ways of thinking, which were just new to me at the time. So this kind of shook my whole world up. I realized that investment banking wasn't for me. I was determined to be more creative. So I moved over to fashion, which was great, getting all the free clothes, going to catwalks, (laughs) going to press shows. Um, And that was literally a manifestation of everything that I had imagined at the time. That was everything that I wanted out of fashion. But a few years later, again, I just felt unfulfilled because it was fun and it was creative, but my soul wasn't happy. So um, while I was there, I got into yoga. um, And when I was going home in the evening, I was just getting obsessed with personal growth. And I was watching um, the Mind Valley Masterclasses and TED Talks and uh, spiritual YouTubers as well, and just getting obsessed with spirituality and personal growth. So from there I started building a yoga brand and then this is just last year we're talking about now so I left my job in fashion I trained as a meditation teacher became a certified meditation teacher um, started building this yoga brand and then I actually started Millennial Manifesto just as a hobby literally um, it was July last year I believe and I just started posting these little inspirational quotes and they looked exactly the same as they do today And they just kind of really hit something with people. It just started to kind of take off. And I remember that this Instagram Millennial Manifesto was growing faster than the one for my business. And I thought there's something to this. And I absolutely loved doing it. Um, So I decided to just follow my passion and go with it. Um, And then I went traveling last summer for six weeks I went to three continents it was amazing and that gave me some time to really think about what I wanted and as soon as I came back from that in October I went to a workshop at Hay House so mm. do you know what Hay House is? Yes oh, yeah so that was so much fun um, and then I just I was like, right, I literally left there and I had like a Tony Robbins moment, like people say they have when they go to Tony Robbins events and they come out and they're like, right, my life's changed. (laughs) That's what I was kind of like. So I literally went home, I built a website and I just was like, right, I'm going to do a weekly blog. Um, I'd started the YouTube channel and yeah, I've just been writing my book and 
yeah, it's just been growing ever since. Basically. And here we are. And here yeah. we are today. Well, that is amazing. I love that you said once you kind of started the personal development and spirituality route, like you just get sucked into it. And I, I feel yeah. that's so true because once you've had that turning point in life, there's no going back. And it, like you've you've had that like little, you know, switch flip up in your brain and you're just like, oh. I get it now. And like, once it all starts making sense, there's just, it's truly no going back. I love that. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It just gets better and better. The more that you learn, you realize how asleep you were before. Oh, that is a great way of putting it. Yes. Because like you're woke now, it's just this completely different version of yeah. you. Everything feels different. It feels better, mm. but then you look at everything from your old life. It used to feel good and it just doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. It's literally like clothes that are just too small. Yes. Oh yes. That's so true. That's so true. Do you remember the first time that you actually manifested something? So now I firmly believe that we're manifesting all the time even mm. when we don't mean to so obviously we kind of manifested our whole life but I can only like think of one specific thing because it had a lot of meaning to me at the time and I remember when I was I was on holiday with my parents my mum my stepdad in San Francisco and I was in year um I was in year nine which I believe is the same as grade nine in the states mm. okay so um how old is that like 13 yeah like 14 something yeah like yeah high school yeah beginning of high school and we were in San Francisco and we were in the Louis Vuitton shop and we were looking at oh it sounds really cheesy but it's a true story no (laughs) I love it (laughs) we were looking at all of the bags with my mum um like we didn't buy anything but my mum's into fashion as well so we were just looking at the bags and I remember looking around obviously I don't I think I may have had a paper out at this time but in no way could we buy one my mum couldn't buy one but we were just enjoying looking at the bags and I remember thinking one day I am going to be able to buy one of these bags and I'm going to have a Louis Vuitton bag and I remember making that a clear intention for myself and then when I grew up Um, And it was when I left university and I got on the graduate scheme at the investment bank. It was JP Morgan specifically. And uh, with one of my first paychecks, I bought a Louis Vuitton luggage bag and it was just the best day ever. Remember it. Yeah. And it had so much meaning at the time. And obviously it's just a bag, but it was what it represented. And all of my years at university and the whole, like just everything had kind of come together. I made it moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I did it, and that's like so good for like just goal setting in in general of actually reaping that reward that yeah wanted. I remember when I was a kid, I was really young, and you think your your story was silly, but I, there's nothing silly to that. But I would, <laughs> we were at a carnival, and my sister and I were getting our face. Well, we wanted to get our faces painted. Yeah. I remember that it was $1 per kid. And my dad was like, oh, I have $1 on me. You know, you both can't do it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I just remember saying like a little prayer, like, please, please let me reach into my pocket and let there be a dollar or like, please let me find one. And I just stuck my hand in my pocket and there was a dollar. And like from that day, I was like, whoa, like that was magic because I, I don't know where that dollar came from. Clearly it was in there before, but like in my young mind, I was like, magic is real. (laughs) I remember it so vividly because I had wanted it so badly. And then there it was. And it was something as small as $1 to get my face painted, but power of the universe. You can't fight it. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So do you have like a personal process or a process that you suggest to others when it comes to manifesting? So I have a vision board. It's actually right next to me right now. And on my my blog and my video last week were about creating a vision board because I literally look at my vision board every morning and every evening. It's next to my meditation corner, my crystals, my little candles and my Buddha. And I stare at it and I do a thing in my head called um, billionaireing, which I just made up. But what it is, is before I go to sleep, I imagine what it would be like to be a billionaire. Not because Mm. I actually want to be a billionaire, but I don't know what I would do with all of that money, but it's to get into the mindset of being unlimited Mm. because it's like literally unlimited. You can get and go anywhere that you want. Um, And I've heard a few times that your mind is, uh, what do they call it? There's a name for it, but your subconscious is just really open to suggestion at the time just before you go to sleep um, because you're kind of mulling over things all night long. So thinking about things that you want before you go to sleep, having a vision board that you see all of the time. Um, I also really enjoy writing my intentions down by hand. So I have a really strict practice in the morning. I get up at 5am, I do exercise, I plan my day and then I do um, 45 to 50 minutes of like spiritual practice, which is quite indulgent, but I absolutely love it. It's my favorite time of day. And what that entails is my meditation, but also writing down my gratitude list by hand or an I am list by hand, all of the things things that I want to be and also being grateful for things that I don't physically have right now but I'm grateful for the things that I have right now and I'm grateful for things in advance so the things I can you know see myself having in the future Um, and then also being aware of the moon so I have um the new moons are the full moons written down in my calendar and I also send them out in my uh monthly newsletter for Millennial Manifesto on the first of every month because the new moon is a really powerful time for setting intentions and um yeah I think I think that's all of them yeah Yeah, I love that and you know I was just thinking yesterday I was looking at your website I noticed right below um where you have the name it says what if you had more power than you ever realized and that's an extremely thought-provoking to me because I just sat there for a second and I was like, man, what if you had more power? <laughs> you know, so, and you do, you have all this potential that you limit a lot. So yes. what does manifesting actually mean to you? So first of all, I think we are manifesting all the time. I think that sometimes manifesting is put on this pedestal or it's seen as a very woo thing, but it doesn't have to look like someone sitting on a mountaintop um, praying for peace in the world. I think manifesting in its simplest terms is what we are doing all the time. It is our life right now is the result of us manifesting for however many years we have been here on this earth and we all have the power to create our own life. So even if someone isn't spiritual in the slightest then they're still a manifester and we are all manifesting all the time I don't think anyone can be a good or a bad manifester I think it's just something that we do I think it's just our natural state I think that we're making our life all day every day and we're always living in the results of our past thoughts and beliefs and actions while at the same time we are currently right now creating our future reality with the thoughts and the beliefs and the actions that we are having Mm -hmm. right now 
So I don't think anyone could be a good or a bad manifester. I think it's just who you are and whether you like it or not, it's just what you're doing all the time. The only difference is whether you are a conscious or an unconscious manifester. So, so I guess like that's, that could be a struggle for people then if, if they're the difference between being a conscious and unconscious one, right? Like that could probably have some blocks when it comes to manifesting, yeah, totally. Or just being asleep, like we were talking about mm. earlier. Um, but yeah, definitely having blocks because even when you do kind of come out of that sleep and you wake up and you want to be a conscious creator, as everyone knows, you have so much to work through in terms of old programming and old beliefs and old wounds that need healing because we're always manifesting things in our lives that we don't necessarily think that we want but that we're creating in our lives to show us the things that need healing for example if we keep repeating a really toxic relationship pattern because we're just somewhere within us we're trying to bring it up again and again so until that we see it and until we heal it um so yeah totally it can look like that too yeah, I think that's a good thing to touch on too, because I think people may listen and say, well, you know, a lot of the same bad things are happening to me. I don't mm. want that to happen. So that's that's more of a pattern of something that needs to be healed then, right? Yes, totally, yeah. totally. And I found that it always gets worse each time. Mm. So if you're creating the same pattern, it gets more and more severe. So for example, one of my friends, she always goes out with these guys who you're like, why are you going out with these people? They're not very nice, but she just can't see it. Um, and we thought the first one was bad and the second one was worse. And then the third one's even worse. And it's oh. like she's building up this pattern and she still hasn't seen it yet. But it's like it, feel, it feels like it's coming to a crescendo where eventually she is going to see it and hopefully make the difference. Ugh. Yeah. So what, like, what do you suggest when people... Uh, you know, are in those patterns? Is there a way to break that or to help them kind of wake up? Um, so if they've noticed the pattern, then yes, definitely. I mean, if you haven't noticed your own pattern, then I don't, I mean, you can't notice something that you don't know that you have if you can't see that there's something wrong yet. True. Um, but if you have noticed that you have a pattern that you so badly want to heal, then the biggest answer is, for me, I think it's always meditation and looking within. I think when you go within, that's when you can do inner child work with hypnotherapy. That was really helpful for me. Um, there's a great hypnotherapist called Marissa Peer. She does a lot of free trainings um, and also some cheap hypnotherapies that you can buy online. Um, and she will do inner child regressions with you or you can go and pay a professional. Um, and that will heal any of the old patterns that you picked up in childhood. And you basically give your inner child all the love that you didn't have back then maybe or you can fulfill your own needs back then by kind of reverting to that state um, in a state of hypnosis or um, the, if you're a bit more spiritual then there's energy healing as well um, not really suitable if you're not um, into that kind of side of things but I know for me I love doing energy healings and there's a great teacher called Christy Marie Sheldon she does um, classes on Mind Valley and there's free videos of her on YouTube and she goes through meditations where you um, identify energy blockages in your energy body um, so kind of like your aura and you can feel them and you can start to uh, clear those as well and the first time that I did one of those energy clearing meditations it was around abundance and I removed this really heavy old blockage um, about feeling shame. Mm. 
And then literally the next day, I had two things of money pop up. I literally had 20 pounds um, come in from this like online survey I'd forgotten that I'd done. And I also got invited to do a interview for some research for 50 pounds, literally in the same day afterwards. So then I was like, okay, energy healing work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the biggest ways that I've, and then obviously making the conscious decision at the mind level, that's sometimes a ticket trickiest one to do because that's changing oh. your behaviors and your habits yes. um so if you know that something's bad for you you just have to make the decision not to do it anymore as well as doing that inner work you can't just keep doing the same things and expect different results when you were talking about hypnotherapy did yeah. you do one of the the childhood regression sessions yeah yeah did you find that really helpful I found it so helpful. I just mm. felt so much more confident and secure ever since. Yeah, definitely. Did it bring up things that you weren't really aware of that were affecting you as well? Like something that you just completely overlooked in, in childhood? Yeah, um, not like a specific event for me. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize what a kind of sad child I was yeah. until I could see myself sitting in my childhood room and it was the room um, that was in the house where my parents got divorced and I was alone a lot in that room and then I in the regression you walk in as an the adult use and you're sat next to your childhood you and you say lots of nice things to her um, but it, yeah it was really helpful for me and now I just feel so much more secure and like yeah, like I'm fine and I have everything that I need. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, I love hearing about experiences like that. <laughs> I've noticed and I've said this so many times in the show that a lot of guests always go back to childhood. So it always, yes. it always fascinates me because it's, you know, a repetitive theme <laughs> that comes up. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. So if you could share one message with the world, what would that be? Well, first of all, you touched on it earlier. So um, what would we create if we all knew how powerful we really were? And that is what Millennial Manifesto is all about. I just want everyone to know how powerful they are. And when you start to just peel away the layers of your spirituality and the different parts of your being, your mind and your body and your spirit and your energy and everything else, you realize what a complex creation you are but that also we're just all part of the same big energy field and because we're all connected we have the power to bring to us anything and everything that we want to create if we believe that it's possible and that's the issue as we were talking about earlier we have limits and we have wounds and we have old patterns and sometimes we just don't believe that we can bring into our life the things that we want to but we really can, and we're all so powerful. I think that so many of the issues in the world come from people's powerlessness. Mm. And then that makes greed, and it makes envy, and jealousy, and insecurity, um, and fear, and bad relationships, and trust issues, and so much else because people have, they don't feel secure, they don't feel supported, they don't feel powerful, they don't feel like they're in control of their life. Um, so I think that so many of the issues in the world could be um, cleared up. Everyone knew how powerful they are. And overconsumption is another big one. I wrote um, an ebook at the end of last year called Declutter, De-Stress, Buy Less, um, 
partly because of my decluttering journey, but also from working in the fashion industry and just seeing the excess and the excess of waste and the production and what that was doing to the environment um, and the excessive consumption as well. And I think if everyone felt like they were enough, uh, felt like they were, had power in their lives, then we wouldn't try and fill that void with buying everything and anything and I've totally been guilty of that for many many years so I know what that's like and it was only recently becoming more um, aware of my own power of creation and manifestation and things like that but I just I don't feel the need to to buy loads of things and hold on to things and have clutter everywhere um, so definitely how powerful people are and then alongside that also the importance of gratitude I am a huge advocate of gratitude because daily gratitude practice has literally changed my life. If I could recommend one tool to people who want to improve their life, it would be a routine gratitude practice because, as you probably know, our brains have a negativity bias. We don't automatically look for the good things. We look for the bad things. But having that routine gratitude practice makes you retrains your brain to look for the positives in life. And just, yeah, it's completely changed my mindset. It opens up your energy. It's great for manifesting. And it makes sure that you don't miss all the amazing things in life that we can easily, easily miss when we're on autopilot and we're not actively being grateful. So I call it active gratitude um, because it is a decision and a habit that you have to make. It's not just going to happen automatically. Oh, I love that. Active gratitude is definitely part of one of my daily practices as yeah. well. And it's crazy. Like even if you wake up one morning and it's a crappy, you just, you know, some days are just crap. We know yes. it. But you sit there and you're like, wow, I have a hot cup of coffee or, you know, like I woke up this morning. Sometimes <laughs> like that in itself, you're like, there, there are many people who didn't who didn't have that same thing happen to them this morning or they've lost someone today. So just being very, I love that actively, you know, grateful for whatever it is. That's, it is so powerful. And when you're talking about decluttering, I actually got this visual in my head of um, Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, because if you look at what they wear a lot, it's like jeans and a t-shirt. Like they're not flashy. They don't have these, like all these crazy things going on. Like their, their lifestyle might be lavish, but there's still a lot of simplicity. And I think that they more or less focus on what matters. Um, and I, you know, appearance, I don't think matters as much as some people put the emphasis on. Totally. Have you heard that story about Mark Zuckerberg? He has like 10 of the same t-shirt so that he doesn't get decision fatigued because we can only make so many decisions in a day. So he has like 10 of the same t-shirt so that he doesn't waste one of his decisions on what to wear in the morning. So yeah, they they don't have any stuff. And Steve Jobs as well. I listened to his um, autobiography. He didn't have any furniture in his house because he was never there and he didn't want the distraction and he didn't want to have to make the decisions of how to decorate his place so yeah we can definitely take a leaf out of the book of people like that (laughs) definitely yeah I've gone through a a spurt probably in the past two years of just like getting rid of stuff like I held Mm -hmm. on to so much stuff thinking I would need it so I I threw away oh my gosh probably 20 plus notebooks from college because in my 
brain at one point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to need this again one day. And I start looking through it. I'm like, I'm never going to need any of this ever. You know, it's just like maybe my personal journals I keep because those are like more ideas, but not things that I learned that I don't even practice or apply my knowledge to today that I couldn't find on Google. You know, it's just like, it's such a different way of thinking. And I got rid of boxes and boxes of things that were in my attic and it felt so good. It's just like, ugh, I'm relieved of that stuff yes. now, but also that stuff carries an energy with it yes. of wherever it came from. Yes. And a lot of those things came from a bad point in my time. So like, it, you know, in my life, so it was just a good thing to release it. Yes. I call it memory energy. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like when you look at things, it reminds me of a memory mm-hmm. and sometimes you've got to get rid of it I'm on a huge it's such a lot you said two years did you say it took you yeah yeah I'm I'm still doing it I think I'm still you know I'm really I have um, two girls so I also have been trying to go through some of their things because in my mind I'm like oh they were a baby (laughs) do I need like do I really need to hold on to that (laughs) you know do I need every single artwork that they've ever done no (laughs) because what's really gonna happen to it you know like it's going to stay in a box forever. And then I give it to them. Like my mom has given to me things and I'm like, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm like, what do I do with it? I'm the worst for this. And I feel like if you're a sensitive person, especially Mm, everything has a sentimental value. So you just want to keep everything. But I, I've, how long have I, I've been doing it for a few months now. It feels like eternity, but it's such a long process. And I've also got a Monica cupboard. If you watch Friends, like a crazy cupboard, just full of junk. (laughs) I've literally got that at my parents' house. So I'm going back once a month and I'm decluttering that. And yeah, exactly like you said, so much stuff I kept and like old photos and festival tickets and things like that I held on to. When I look back, I'm like, I was so unhappy at that time. Why was I trying to keep everything from that time? Like Mm. it wasn't even a good time in my life. I'm so much happier now. And I'm also like realizing how crazy and like fear-based I was so I realized I keep the boxes to everything so for example my foundation is still in its little box and I always put it back in the box or my weights that I use every day are in the cardboard box and I've literally just been throwing them away like what are you doing why yes. does everything to be in its box <laughs> I still have the box well, I had and I probably last spring I finally parted ways and I don't even know why but it was the box that my very first laptop came in I think it was 18 oh and I'm 31 now so like this is a, a, like why do I have this box no, because you might need it one day you no. might need it one day you might need it one day but how that day is yet to come in so many years yeah there is a even um clothes I've had oh I wore that t-shirt to a concert where I got that at a concert and you're like oh my god that t-shirt has served its purpose 10 times over so it's just like <laughs> get rid of it like just yeah just get rid of it it's crazy how attached we can become to things and I totally think it's a sensitive sensitive person who really does like feel the moments with, yes. with things Definitely. And I've only just been, um, literally this weekend, just gone, been, I only, I only managed to do half. It just got too painful, but I was trying to um, recycle all of my notes from university. Um, and I was 
trying to get rid of them but I was like gosh all these years of (laughs) yeah of writing hours and hours and Mm -hmm. I put my heart and soul but I got the degree I wanted I got the certificate it's all good I don't need these notes and I kept them for a few years because I was like I may need them I may need some first year economics and I was like oh maybe it'll be useful one day never once and as you said hello internet like if I need something then I'll just google it right and I've literally never ever ever used them but it's still so hard to get rid of them because I've invested so much time with notes but yes we have um an episode with Tim and Sam they have a tiny home Tiffany the and they went from all of their things I think they went down to eight boxes of things that they could move from like their normal life into their tiny home it may have been less than that but eight's what's standing out in my mind. But I was just sitting looking around my room and I'm like, I have more than eight boxes of things in my room. Like I couldn't, I can't imagine how freeing it probably feels. But I was also like, did did you guys put that in storage? Like, what did you do? But they, they donated a lot or just, you know, like trashed it. Um, But even they simplified their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. into three drawers each. And they're like, that's all we really need. And Sam mm-hmm. made a point that she was a shopper and she would buy things and say, oh, I may need that one day. And she was like, well, why wouldn't I just buy it the time I need it? You know, there's, we put that thought in our mind of we might need that one day and hope that that one day may come up. But a lot of times that one day does not, <laughs> does not come up. We do not need that one day. Totally. And that is such a scarcity mindset. That's what I realized that, oh, I might need it one day, so I'm going to hold on to it. But maybe when that day comes, maybe you've got the money to get what you want or, you know, you it's not a fear of not having something in the future when actually, if you think in terms of I'm totally supported and I can have anything that I want, you don't need to hold on to things because you're not scared of the future. You know that you're supported and you know that it's going to be fine. That's what I'm kind of coming to terms at the moment. Yeah. I was totally, I was like, oh, I'm going to save this in case I need it. Whereas now I'm like, if I want something, then I'll get it and it will be fine. I don't need to hold on to things in case because your stuff keeps you stuck. That is what I'm trying to train myself to think. Yes, that's so true. It definitely keeps you stuck. It's Man, it's so liberating. I, I, I say it's been a two-year journey for me because I always continuously find something else that I'm ready to depart with. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you have to revisit it. I'm sure you felt how it sometimes gets really overwhelming when you look yes. at things. So it, it's always been, you know, like a couple weeks ago I did the attic, but I was like ready for that. But I knew what kind of things I would have to see too, because yeah. like, there are pictures of like people who are no longer in my life. And that yeah. just brings up memories as well. So it's a mental space that you have to be in and then do it in, in chunks. So yeah, it took me two years, but I'm not doing it every single day. Also, you know, I get, yeah. I get in my modes of, of purging and I'm like, all right, <laughs> it's time yeah. to go to business. You need to have a break. Like I've just done like four days of it and you feel like there's a gap in your life when you've just got rid of a load at once. So now I'm like, okay, I need to chill for like a month and just let it integrate. That's what I call it. I'm like, right, just integrate into this new space. Um, Because it does feel like there's a gap and you're totally right about... 
about things kind of haunting you that you don't want to look at. I've got two memory boxes in my Monica cupboard at my parents' house, and they're literally called memory boxes. And one of them is all things from my stepsister that died when I was a teenager, and I haven't looked at it in years. And I know it's mm. there, and I'm putting it off, and I'll do it last because all of those old memories, all of that old energy is going to come up again. But we've just got to face it and move on. Yeah, it's it's a powerful thing just how a picture or a thing can just bring back the emotion that, totally. that you felt in that space. Well, Liz, we, I feel like we have a lot to look forward to from the Millennial Manifestor. Can you tell us anything you have coming up? Yes, totally. Um, so I'm actually working on my first book at the moment. Um, it will be a full-length book all about manifesting, so walking through letting go of attachments, exactly what we've been talking about, um, reconnecting with our own power, talks about energy, clearing our beliefs, literally everything we've been talking about in this um, talk today, and um, also about the energy blockages which cause manifesting mishaps, um, some stuff about time as well, so the way that we think about time is linear when actually physics completely discredits that, and it's such a limiting belief because actually we're just moving around on space time and everything is existing um, all together like the past present and future just at different places in space rather than kind of forwards and backwards so talk all around that and what it means for our manifesting so yeah hopefully in the next year or two that book will be out which I'm super excited about um, in the shorter term so I do a weekly blog which is called um, Wellbeing Wednesday so there is a new article every week um, and a new video as well and they're all on mind body and spirit so I've just done one yesterday and that was all about um, being building boundaries so if you're a sensitive person or empathic or intuitive anything like that then often we have really kind of blurry boundaries as I call them Um, so that was yesterday's well-being Wednesday so the next one will be um, next Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, will you share with our audience your website and social channels so they can learn more about you and your mission as well as follow your blog? Yeah, sure. Um, so my Instagram is millennial.manifesta. I do daily inspirational posts on there. Um, also on Facebook, just Millennial Manifesta. I have a Facebook page um, on Pinterest too, if that's your thing. Um, and then YouTube again, Millennial Manifesta. They're all just the same. Um, and But the biggest one is Instagram. That's where I am every day. And I also share all of my updates on there, all of my travels. I'm going to uh, Cape Town next week, going diving with great white shark so that will be on there yeah terrified yeah we need to just (laughs) so that will be on there yeah well I'm gonna have to keep up with that um that sounds like so much fun I'm looking forward to reading your book it sounds like you have a lot of great things coming up Liz you have a great energy it's been wonderful talking with you today thank you for sharing your light with us thank you for having me For direct links to Liz's website and social channels, visit this week's episode notes found at mindbizlife.com. And while you're there, be sure to opt in to get podcast episodes and other news straight to your inbox. Remember how I told you that this month had some super special guests? Well, I'll drop a breadcrumb. Next week's guest, I've been manifesting since the podcast was still an idea phase. The guest is someone whose work I revert back to weekly and I follow closely. She's a PhD and is a leading expert in the world of numerology. 
Are you interested? You should be. Oh, I'll drop some more hints on my Instagram at mindbizlife throughout the week. But the only way to fully learn who the guest is, is to tune in to next week for one epic conversation. Until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.